0: In our skills for the week, we're supposed to be thinking, um we're supposed to be thinking kind of directly about basic rhythm. All right, we talked a little bit about this yesterday already, but um scale navigation, we know that means no crossing noises. What does basic rhythm mean? Yeah, Beth um Beth says it's the horizontal portion of creating a melody, yeah and how events are arranged over time. And remember, it's just horizontal in the, in this, in the sense that it happens sort of from left to right over time, kind of like we're reading a book, right? That's what she means by horizontal. Uh, and then vertical is the pitch, right? Whether a note is low on the scale or higher on the scale, you could think of that as vertical. And then you could think of the way things are arranged over time as being horizontal, Right. Notice that playing note durations relative to the beat. Ooh, I like that. It's pretty good. All right. So uh, things are happening horizontally. Just think about this for a second, though. Could we have a melody note? Pick any note you want. Let's say the note C. Could we have? Could we play the note C without any aspect of rhythm? No, you really couldn't, right? Because no matter how you play that C, it has some element of time associated with it. Maybe you play it very quickly. That would be a quick measurement of time. And maybe you play a very lengthy C, then that would be an element of time, right? So without some element of time, AKA rhythm, the playing of any melody is impossible. We don't need a beat to have rhythm. Would you say that the waves crashing on the shore when you go to the beach, do the waves have a rhythm? Sure they do. They roll in and out over a period of time. Right? So you don't need to have a beat to have rhythm. And my point that I'm trying to make here is, one on a melodic instrument, one cannot exist without the other. So a melody cannot exist without rhythm. And at least if we're attempting to play a melody, right? A rhythm cannot exist without melody as well. So the two things are 100% linked and require each other uh, in order for the other one to exist, which is really kind of interesting, right? Pitches and rhythm are, uh, are inextricably linked. A great example of a melody Without a beat, could be the ground of a Pbrock, right? You cannot tap your foot to the ground of a Pbrock, generally speaking. But it still has a very distinct rhythm. As a matter of fact, a lot of people say, I don't understand the rhythms of Pbrock, so I can't play it. Yeah, there are lots of arrhythmic melodies. Think about like Gregorian chant. You know, it's sort of a form of music before, like the typical Western modern version of rhythm sort of was integrated into the vast type, you know, vast number of types of music that we hear now. Stuff like that. Okay. So rhythm is how things in music are arranged over time. Now, let's talk about the beat. So what is the beat? The beat is a type of rhythm that has what characteristic? What takes it from just being just a rhythm to actually being, you know, considered a beat? Waves are constant too, though. Good, I, I like John's answer better. It recurs at, re- at, at a regular interval. And generally speaking, you know, to keep things simple, it recurs at the same interval over and over again. And that's what we would call a beat, right? Uh, the metronome's really good, you know, um, So it was like a clock. A clock is a great example of a beat, right? Every second it clicks one time. But yeah, a beat is a rhythm that occurs at an identical interval. It's basically like one musical event that occurs at a regular interval. We could Wikipedia it and figure out the safest definition, but you know what I mean, right? So a beat is a regularly recurring rhythmic event like this. That's what a beat is. Not to be confused with a groove, what would be a groove? A groove is a little bit different than a beat. What would be a good way of describing that? If if a rhythm is a single event that recurs at the same interval, a groove might be a pattern, right? Or a pattern of events. Let's not mix the word beats in here to keep it simple, but it would be a pattern. Of rhythmic events that occurs at the same interval, right? So, like a six-eight groove, right? That would be what I would call a groove, and it's a uh, it's a pattern of rhythmic events. I like that, Beth a pattern of rhythmic events that happens, that recurs at the same interval over and over again. That would be a good example of a groove. That'd be a good definition of it, right? So um, rhythm is how musical events are spaced over time. And actually like you could, you could graduate it from music altogether, right? Rhythm is how events Are arranged over time. Would you say your life has a certain rhythm? Or your day, your day-to-day routine? Yeah, I would say so. The seasons have a rhythm. Sure, circadian rhythms, yeah. Your heartbeat obviously has a rhythm. The reason they call it a beat is not necessarily because it's musical but because it's a single rhythmic event that happens at roughly the same duration over and over again. Although you could kind of like, you could kind of get fancy and be like, well, maybe the heartbeat is more like a groove because there's the same, there's those like pre and post little heartbeat things that happen when you look at the EKG, right? Music is the same sort of thing, right? Um, and, and like, take it away from objective science, right, in, in the 2-4-March in the Donald McLean's Macle- farewell to Oban, we have four beat phrases and a one and a two and a three and a four. And then that is going to repeat itself again, and there are going to be changes but that same basic idea repeats itself again. And one and two and a three and four. And a one and a two and a three and a four. And one and two and a three and four. And a one and a two and a three and a four. A one and two and a three and four. And a one, and a two, and a three, and a four, and one, and two, and three, and four, right? That's the basic structure of a two-four march. But what's kind of interesting is we have these four beat phrases that are going on, but we also have 16 beat parts that are also simultaneously going on and recurring in really nice, beautiful rhythms that are all layered inside of each other, right? Just like life, which is really good. Now, let's break this down and go. And we want to go technical with it, right? We want to go technical with it. So when we play music like a march or a jig or a stress bay or a reel or a hornpipe or a 6-8 march, even some slow airs, these all have a very specific beat to them right? And the beat and the beat is regularly recurring and the beat should, should it change a lot or always stay the same? So generally speaking, the tempo should stay the same. I like that a lot. And then if it doesn't stay the same, whose decision is that? Well, the pipe majors maybe, but like, no. No. And it's not necessarily the composer. Yeah, the player, the performer, that's right. Could be the pipe major, but if you're a soloist, it's going to be you. So if the tempo changes, it needs to be your decision. Where I'm going with this is if the tempo speeds up and up and up in a controlled way, that's fine. If it's your intention if it's not your intention to speed up and it speeds up in an out of control way, that's always bad from the perspective of, you know, performing and mastering an instrument. So I like that. I like, I like that we're saying stuff like generally speaking, the tempo should always remain the same. Yeah. And when it doesn't remain the same, it's because of a decision that the performer makes. Now, sure, the composer could be like, this should speed up a little gradually over time. But it's still the performer's decision whether or not they do that. And the common denominator of all this stuff is control. So we have to control what's going on. Okay, I'm segueing to the main point I wanted to make today. I'm, I'm working my way. I'm getting there. I can feel it. Okay, so control is a common denominator. If we're out of control, it doesn't matter what we're doing. Even if what we're doing sounds correct to the audience or sounds exciting, right? Even if our losing control and going faster and faster and faster excites the audience, that doesn't mean it's good. Because from the performer's standpoint, the most important thing is that we have control over what we're trying to do you know, control is the number one goal. And of course, full control is never achievable. There's always some sort of variable uh, that challenges our degree of control. Okay, so when we're talking about rhythm and developing rhythmic control, what is more reliable? A, A mechanical device outside of our body that we can rely on to produce a perfectly steady rhythm, or option B, our own intuition as we are playing. The machine is always more reliable. When it comes to training ourselves and our sense of timing, and our understanding of rhythm, all right? A machine is a great tool to use. A machine is impartial. A machine is not thinking about music as it's producing its perfectly steady click over and over and over again. In the digital era, a machine is always accurate. Okay, so a metronome is an amazing tool for helping us develop our sense of timing. Okay. That is why we use the metronome so much at Dojo U is not because you need a metronome to play good music. Uh, it's because it's an excellent tool to help us develop our sense of timing. And it's a double edged sword, right? We should use a metronome in our development, but We can't rely on a metronome every single time we whip our chanter out to play something, right? You can't be like, oh, I can't play Donald McLean's farewell to Oban unless I turn my metronome on, right? A metronome is a tool that gets us uh, closer to the goal of having complete rhythmic control. Now, later on, intuition is what we want, right? Like, remember, we said that word generally before. A metronome is not going to help us perfectly artistically gradually increase the tempo when we're playing something like Steam Train to right? A metronome is a great tool for helping us develop that um, essential skill of playing with perfectly steady tempo regardless of what's going on in the technique. Everybody see where I'm going with that? A metronome is a tool. The key thing, the thing that's been so important all along and the thing that the metronome has helped us do is be in control once we're ready for the tune to take the form that we want, right? Like if I were to start a solo competition, I'm not gonna start the tune perfectly on the rhythm. It would be a lot more interesting and musical, I think, and certainly idiomatic, certainly something that the audience and the judge would appreciate to ease into the tempo a little bit, maybe across the first beat or two. And then as I'm playing, I'm, I'm thinking about the melody and the phrases and the environment. And, um, and I'm taking my sense of timing and I'm using all of these developed skills to forge a performance that has meaning to me. That's the bottom line. That's what we're doing here. Developing control is the name of the game. And then once I have control and we have our five fundamentals up here, maybe there's a few more cool things we could have control over like pulsing, like a broader scale dynamics. Maybe we have some tremolos up our sleeve, some false notes up our sleeve. But now we have control over all of these key aspects of performing on the bagpipe, right? And that by having control over these things, that's what allows us to play tunes in a way that actually has meaning to us and that can actually be enjoyable to us. Hey everybody, Andrew Douglas here from the Piper's Dojo and I just wanna say thanks so much for listening to today's iteration of the podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, it would be super helpful to us and to a lot of bagpipers out there trying to find us. If you could give us a top notch review on whatever platform you're using, listen to this podcast, particularly Apple, iTunes and Spotify and things like that. Your review would be really, really helpful. So if you have a moment today, definitely go over there and help us out. Other than that, until we meet again on the podcast or somewhere else, thanks again for listening.